L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, um, oftentimes when you're not successful, it's both the schematics and, and it's performance, and I'd say it was both. Um, you know, I thought they won the war of attrition as the game wore on. Um, I thought the pile fell the direction that they desired it to. And so, you know, what could be second and eight was second and six. You do that consecutively. What could be, you know, third and four is third and two. And those downs are played out differently in the National Football League and and, and, and I think over the course of time, I thought that was the state of it, increasingly so. And so we had to do a better job of getting them in position uh, to minimize that pile. We got to come off blocks a little better. And we got to understand the, the, the weight of possession down ball when you're playing someone that's playing the attrition game. And indeed, that's exactly what the Steelers will be facing again this weekend. You know, it's interesting because last weekend and the weekend before were really actually the second half of the weekend before in Atlanta when the Falcons started this um, little tumble of uh, the rush defense kind of having some issues. And at uh, 128 yards in the second half in Atlanta, then you come up to 215 with the uh, Ravens. And before you know it, Wes, um, you're really struggling to find a way to come to balance and get your defense back on keel, back playing with the, a downhill bang to it rather than being on your heels uh, as they've, they've taken a few blows this, this past couple of weeks. Yeah, they certainly have. And uh, Baltimore, I think, is, is still at the forefront of everybody's mind in that regard. And good morning, Mr. Wolfley. Good morning, Mr. Euler. I'm back and I'm out of the frying pan and into the fire, baby. Well, our man Max is on his way eastward, I believe. I can't remember where he's scheduled to be, but he's in the air right now. So um, he's so he doing, somewhere doing east. a bowl game or something. Yeah, tomorrow, I think, yeah he's right? got something going on. He's always got something going on. That, that young man's he's hey, he's in great demand. He's a very talented dude, you know. Hey, what can you say? <laughs> huh? Hey, what about I tell that? you what, though, Wolf, you've been the glue that's been hold, holding this show together over the last couple weeks. I mean. Last week, Max was out for, what, four days because he was sick. Uh, I was out yesterday a little under the weather, and now Max is out today. I mean, you just got this revolving door of partners, I tell you. Just don't jinx me, baby. Don't jinx me. I'm on a roll. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody stop him. He's on a roll. (laughs) 
Yeah, really. So here's here's the point. You got a team right now that came out. They're one and four under Matt Rule. They get rid of Matt Rule. They go to Steve Wilkes, interim coach. He's four and four. The key is the last four weeks, he's just been playing uh, bash ball. I mean, that's really what he's been doing. He's coming out, and he's got that running game going. You know, because think about it. You've had four different quarterbacks. Yep. Think about that. I mean, we're sitting here talking about, you know, the fact we've had three guys just right. because of, you know, the situation. Well, not really three guys. It's just two guys that have gone, what, three times? <laughs> I don't even know. A little, little back and forth there. A little back and forth with two guys, yeah. It's kind of like when I go to five guys. You know, I take my two boys. There's three guys. Ooh. We're going to five guys, and we eat enough for six guys. You know what I mean? You just lost me on the math there, oh. and because now I'm just thinking about that juicy burger. Oh man, that's that you get that shake with it and the Cajun oh. fries. Oh, I'm telling you, oh. it's hog heaven. I know. Even even a skinny whip like you can can handle that. I know you love stuff oh, like baby, that. Oh baby, I love it. <laughs> you got a lot more room for it than I do. But anyhow, <laughs> um, thinking about this, you got you got yourself. A running game, and they found something now. They got Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold's been the QB the last two games. They're averaging just under 27 points a game with Sam Darnold. You know, you think about uh, what's the difference. Well, the difference is right now he's not making any mistakes. He's not throwing away. He's only thrown the ball 43 times in two games. Kenny did that in one game. Right. You know, I mean, uh, but what they're doing is they are going, they're going ground and pound and play action. That's what they're doing. I mean, they're they're going out there with like um, T- Terrell Austin calls it goal line formations. They're out there with uh, twelve personnel with a jumbo tackle. They're out there with a mm-hmm. jumbo with a tackle, a six six, three hundred twenty five pound backup tackle uh, as a fullback. You know, they're playing a lot of they're playing odd formations like an offset eye. They're doing a lot of things to maximize their exposure to the quarterback. Um, one of the things that uh, you know that they, they 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 went from twenty rushes a game to thirty two now. Wow! You know, I mean, so this is all just it's turning into it's gearing up for a big fist fight, is what it is. It is, and you know, Wolf, I think that's um, you know, I think that is. <sighs> how do I want to say this? Like, there's 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 a little bit of a uh, a man in the mirror element to to this matchup, if right. you will. Um. That that these two teams right now are kind of constructed similarly. Now, I think you could I think you could argue Carolina has been you know Carolina played really well last week while the while the Steelers struggled and that's a little difference there. But both of these teams are kind of built and predicated on winning games the same way. They want to take care of the football. They want to be able to run the football successfully, hit you with the occasional big play in the pass game. They want to play stout defense. They want to win the turnover margin. Like that's how both of these teams are built. There's a lot of similarities in that regard between these two units, you know, they, they don't have a plethora of ways to win games, right? No. They, they, they've, they, they, not, not only that, Wes, they don't have a lot of ways to win games. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say, have you, have you seen the movie three amigos? Oh yeah. Yeah. Would you say I have a plethora of pinatas? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Like they, both of these teams don't have a lot of ways to win games. They have to stick to a script as they're constructed right now. They've got talent on defense. They've got guys who can manage the game on offense and who can make plays enough on the offensive side of the football. You need to win the turnover battle. You need you know your special teams to be a net positive throughout the course of 60 minutes. 
there's a lot of similarities in how both of these teams want to win this game. Both of these teams have talent in the secondary. Both of these teams have good pass rushers. You know, both of these teams have young offenses and some key contributors on offense as well, too, that are that are inexperienced and not quite long in the tooth. Um, it is. It, it does kind of feel, you know, the more over the last two, three days that I've really started to dive into this, uh, feels like a, a man-in-the-mirror type matchup to me. Indeed. You know, and really it's about here, – here's the thing. As you see your window of opportunity closing with the playoffs, that doesn't matter to – a real pro, all right? You play just as hard in the first week as the last sure. week. The last week is the first week, and there are all points in between. You know, you're not concerned with getting – in your mind, you're not concerned with a, a mindset of playoffs. You, you take it game by game by game, and it's only – your only intent as a player is to win. That's all it is. You know, even – I had to get a quote here of, of Terrell Austin, and I like what he said. He said – Terrell said, no, we're in the business of trying to win games. I'm not in the business of trying to see who's up for next year's varsity squad. Hmm. I want guys right now that can keep us, that can help us win games because our job is to win games now, and that's the only way I'll coach. And I really respect that from Coach Austin. Look, we as fans sitting on the outside of those four locker room walls, right now, is, yeah, you would like to see, I'd like to see Mark Robbins see what he's got. But here's the point. If the offensive coordinator and position coach and the head coach feel that they they don't give you the best option for winning. No, you, you don't want to see them. If I'm a player, I don't want to see them. Sure, I, I I want to line up with the guys that I know are are going to give me the best opportunity to win because winning is the only thing that matters. You know the old Yoda, try do or do not. There is no trying, and it's not about do the, or do not. Yes, there is no trying. Oh man, I got to remember that. Just break on that because that's that's just pure. You know when you when you, when you drop one of those one-liners, you oh, know I got it ready. You know I just love that <laughs> because it really it expresses everything I feel about how you play the game. Absolutely. You know? I mean, it's especially football too. Yes, well. go ahead. You yes. get you get seventeen of these a year. Yep. You know, like like Moats has said this before because you know he did four years in Buffalo, four years in Pittsburgh, and then right. his last season in Arizona, and that last season in Arizona was when. They had drafted Josh Rosen, right? But then they had a terrible year, and they ended up picking first overall. And there was, you know, a lot of talk about tanking and and, and all those things right. in Arizona. Moats has always said this: like there, for, there, there might be an onus from upstairs that people up there would like you to lose some games and get better draft positions, but that nobody on the coaching staff and in the locker room ever feels that way because in the National Football League. Your job is on the line. Like, it sounds like you're being extreme. It sounds like you're being hyperbolic. But your job is on the line it every is. single Sunday. Yeah. You know, you, you, coaches' jobs are made or make or break every every week, every season, every year. Players' jobs. Everything you do is put on film, and you only get 17 of those resume opportunities a season. You know, Moats, Moats has talked about that his last year in Arizona, how that really just – like everybody thought that the players were, you know, just just tanking and just trying to lose, and and he's like, no, we weren't because our jobs, our reputations, our livelihoods are on the line every snap, every game, every week, and you only get seventeen of them, right? It's not, yes, you know, uh, uh, the Penguins played last night, Wolf. They also play again tomorrow, right? <laughs> they, they play eighty-two games a year. The Pirates play a hundred and sixty-two games a year. If you're a basketball fan, your basketball team plays eighty-two games a year. It's a little bit easier to have a stinker to maybe not give 100% because you're going to be back at it two nights later. That's not the case in the NFL. Everything you do, every single football game that's played, 
we we pop the hood of that trunk and we dissect it all, right? Everybody's watching it from all 22 right. and this angle and that angle. And there's PFF grades and there's this and that. And every single play now of every single game is dissected like it's that frog that we all had in biology class. And you can't you can't afford to take plays, to take games, to take weeks off because it'll it'll end up costing you your livelihood and and, and, your, and you know in your finances for these coaches and for these players. There's no doubt about it. I mean, the one thing about football, it's the only sport that you've got a weekly run-up build-up to that moment when you kick it off. You know, and each week is a separate week unto itself. It doesn't have anything to do with the week before or the week after. It's that separation yep. of this game. Only as good as your last performance. <laughs> this game is is everything. So that's exactly what it is. And that sort of attitude permeates everybody because you always know that you're only good as good as your last performance. And the opportunity to continue to participate is, is solely based on what you're able to get. Yeah. You know, and um, there there is no... There is no uh, – nobody gets a free ride. You know, it's one of those things where you've got to fulfill your position week in and week out. And, of course, there's op- there's o- those obvious things like injury and things that can set you back and, and take you out of the the, uh, the ability to contribute. But that's, you know, based on when somebody gets hurt. The fact of the matter is week in, week out, you are up to making your performance the very best that it can be. And it exists throughout whether you're – you're, uh, you know, 17-0 and 0 or 0-17. Oh it doesn't matter. I mean, that's why you, I got a lot of admiration for guys that go through those losing seasons. When we went through a losing season in, in, in 88, it was 5-11. and 11. Man, was that misery. Oh, that was oh. misery. I mean, it was just, you know, but there was also that acknowledgement, even as we were taking the field, that it was a brotherhood of guys who, yeah, this is like being forced to drink the bitterest whatever <laughs> poison you could drink week in and week out with those losses. But at the same time, you know, you love the man next to you and across from me because you kept lining up and going as hard as you sure. could. You were embracing you never, the suck together. Exactly. You never quit because you got – you always play, an offense, especially on offensive line. Offensive line is about having a thick face and a black heart. All right, you got to be immune to criticism with a thick face, and you got to have a black heart, meaning you give no quarter and you ask no quarter. That's the way it was done. That's the way it always was in the NFL. Now it's changed a little bit in in, in essence, and there's a lot of things, but it's still one of those defining characteristics of playing in the NFL. It really is, I, and I, I, that's I'm, what I love I'm with about you. it. I'm with you. Yeah. We we know Wolf that there's there's guys who make business decisions sometimes, yeah. uh, but I think that's more the exception than the rule. I hope that's still more the exception than the rule. I think you're right. I, I'm with you. Football football is the one sport, and, and you I mean you know me. I'm a dork. I I love everything. <laughs> I love hockey. I love basketball. I'm, I'm glued to the World Cup. All that you've been in the 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 the, the booths with right. with Dan Quinlan and I. We're glued to the World Cup all these past weeks while we've been on the road I love sports I'm, I'm just a sports dork I'll, I'll watch I'll watch the tennis and the golf majors right but the 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 only sport where you can really say that every game matters is football that's it yeah. that, that that's 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 just it um and it I think that's that's such a fabric of the game you're right um, is that you, you don't cheat the game, you don't cheat any plays, and a big part of that is too, Wolf. As soon as you start doing that, as soon as you start making business decisions, that's when you find yourself getting hurt as well too. When you're when you're not no fully question. engaged, when you're not, it sa- it might sound weird um, to to some people, but it, it is when you're not going 100, percent you're more li- more likely to get hurt than than if you are. 
Um, and so all those things, yeah, I think, especially with this organization, there's such a pride, there's such a standard um, that you want to you want to sprint to the finish every year, no matter if you're in the hunt, no matter if you're playing for a first round bye, or if you're you know five and eight, you 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 want every week to to go out there and to be able to feel like you got the job done. There's absolutely everything you just spoke was truth, and that's when you know you really find out in the midst of a miserable season. Really, who the guys sure. that, that are going to hang? You know, diversity I mean, shows your character, right? Absolutely. When we were five and eleven in '88, it was so miserable. We were one and seven, I think it was at the turnaround there, and I think we won three of our last four. And uh, you know, you, you think, okay, this is really going to set us up for '89. You know, we're going to come back. We got a lot of guys coming back, the same, much the same group of guys, and we've got, we finally found, you know, what we needed in the last three or four games, and we're going to be able to come back and, and get things kickstarted. And that was when the infamous, you know, the start of the 89 season when we lost 51 to nothing. Oh, jeez. And, and in Cleveland, four, right? Yeah, and, no, no, home. It was against Cleveland at Three Rivers. And then we lost to Cincinnati. What was it, 45-10 or 42-10, something like that. On the road in Cincy? Yeah, in Cincy, yeah. Oh, well, like, well, if I could only imagine the reaction if Twitter was around back then. Oh, just think about that. Because you would have all been fired. It would have been tank the season, fire everybody, exactly. clean, clean house. They they had the USA Today, the paper, right? That was, of course. Listen, okay. I'm not that young, all right? I know what the USA Today Okay, is. well, I didn't know. I, I'm not sure if you <laughs> if you even remember what a, a dial phone looked like. You know what I mean? Um, but re, uh, regardless, um, USA Today ran a headline and said, Has the game bypassed Chuck Knoll? I mean seriously, and it was like, I don't, I don't even. I mean, it, Chuck was so. He, first of all, Chuck was so big on not letting anything in to poison your brain. You know, he was always big. Be careful what you read. Be careful what you take in, and and allow your brain to like kind of set with. You know, um, because he, you know, it was everything was about. There's four walls to this room. The guys within, those are the guys that make a difference. The voices without. They don't make any difference to you. It's it, it's just that's just noise, right? But you've got to find whatever you've got to find within the four walls of the guys that are playing, and got to come out and be able to get the job done. And that was Chuck's mantra: week in, week out. And his steadiness. I, I will tell you, the, the dude was just a rock solid dude. He never changed his message, and I think that's one of the things that is exemplified in coaches that have positive outcomes. Coaches who um, our exemplary coaches, coaches like the Chuck Knowles, like the Bill Cowers, like mm-hmm. the Mike Tomlins. There's a reason, there's a thread that runs through each and every coach about the fact that they are large and in charge. They are they wear leadership like water wears wet, <laughs> and they stand up, and the message doesn't change. And that's how they last a long time. Guys that have changing messages, you're, you're not going to be long. But I know this. We're not going to be long when we go to break here. Hey. Yeah, you got in the locker room. We got Wes and Wolf. We are taking over, taking this Friday. We're running you up to getting a little scouting report here about the dastardly Carolina Panthers where we're <laughs> going down there to face off against. Max is on uh, uh, He's on a plane somewhere. I'm leaving on a jet plane. He is. He's on assignment. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I just found my why are you singing? That's just why terrible. You, what are you doing? I know, that's just terrible. So why don't we go to break? We'll be back <laughs> with more as we start breaking down the Panthers Steelers next.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. In a nutshell, what the Steelers are going to be facing is... Uh, it's going to be a, a hammer and nail offense. Now you got to find out and figure out who's going to be the hammer, who's going to be the nail. But certainly, <clears throat> take a look at Carolina. They're 13th in the NFL in rushing. They're averaging a buck 25 yards a game through the first six games. Now, Carolina only cracked the 100-yard rushing total twice in six games under Matt Rule. But under Steve Wilkes, they've really emphasized the running game, and it rather extra- to me, it's rather extraordinary because over the last four games, Carolina's rushed for over 220 yards twice. So in the first six games, they'd only they only rushed over 100 yards twice. In the last four games, they've gone over 220 twice. And it's interesting. You turn on the the, the film and you go, well, what's up? And as I said before, they they run the ball so much more. In the last couple of games, they, they had uh, against uh, Seattle last week, they rushed for 46, 47 rushes. Uh, they did another 46 against Denver. Um, there was another team they put up 46. I mean, they are running the ball. They're running the ball coming out of the locker room. You know, and it's like um, I, I, De- Deontay Foreman, he's got four games of 113 yards or more since late October. I mean, this is really coming on. Obviously, he's leading the team in rushing. He's got almost 690 yards. But here's the thing, and and this is really interesting. They go jumbo on uh, or, or their heavy formations out in the field. It's like watching a goal line offense, like Terrell Austin was saying. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there watching the film this morning going, man, oh, man, they got like 12 personnel, a couple of tight ends. And you got yourself a, a tackle over there, too. You got a lot of big bodies, as I said. One of the things they do is they take Cade Mays, their, their rookie uh, 6'6", 325-pound guard, and they line him up at fullback. Wes, can you imagine that collision if you're, you're Devin oh. Bush or Miles Jack? Gad Zooks, you think you want to – I wish I wish Moats was here. We talked to <laughs> Moats about having to attack somebody that big coming downhill at you. You better meet him early on because you don't want that truck to get rolling. Let me, let's me let cold call Moats right here and see if he answers. <laughs> no, you're right. He talks about you – know you know what? You'll laugh at this. You know what Moatsy always says when we talk about guys like that is he says, oh, man, my, my shoulders hurt just thinking about it. <laughs> I, I agree. Like anytime, anytime the Steelers play the Titans, you know, and we're talking about Derrick Henry, he's like, "Oh man, my shoulders hurt just thinking about trying to tackle that guy." <laughs> um, but you're right. Like they, man, they've 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 got a nice they've they've got a nice different smorgasbord of uh of of, of options there in the backfield. They've got um you know they've they've got the bangers. They've yep. they've got Deontay um, Foreman. Yep. They they've got uh, some more shifty guys. They've got Chuba. a co- Chuba. Yep. Um, like they, they really have a, a nice compliment there in their backfield between Foreman, between Chuba, between Blackshear. I think that is part of the reason Wolf why they were willing to you know to part ways with Christian. Part of the reason why they were willing to part ways with Christian McCaffrey as well too, feeling good about what they have in that running back room and kind of ready to turn the page there. Um, but yeah, they get they get contributions from everywhere. They uh, they use Lavisca Chenault Jr., a wide receiver who. Um, you know, we we did a lot of work on SNR talking about him in the in the lead up to the draft uh, two years ago mm-hmm. uh, about him potentially 
uh, being a Steeler. Um, they use him in the run game sometimes as well, too. Not maybe as much as, as the Steelers have, but he's got seven carries on the season. Um, they they have got a, a very nice complimentary run game there, I think is how I would put it in Carolina. They do. And, you know, it starts, of course, up front with the Hogs. You got Ikem Ekwonu, a rookie at left tackle. He's 6'4", 320 pounds. He's a beef eater. He's got long arms, man. Alex Highsmith is going to have to do some serious battle with him come this weekend. You also got Brady Christensen on that left side of the line. He's only a second-year guy, 6'6", 300, another cheese whopper up there. But the fact is, that's two young guys together, and that will be with Cam Hayward, and you got Alex Highsmith over there. That's something that hopefully they can get something done there. They got to get after it because the young guys got to be exploited to the best that you possibly can. At center, they got Bradley Bozeman, who's 6'5", 325 pounds. He's a five-year guy. This is from the center over are the more experienced guys. So it reminds me always that, you know, if you're going to run games and things like that, you probably want to get after that left side of the line uh, to, a, to a degree. On the right guard, you got Austin Corbett, 6'4", 305, another five-year guy. And then Taylor Moten at right tackle, 6'5", three and a quarter. Uh, he's a six-year guy. Again, from the center to the right tackle, you've got experience. you got guys who've been there, done that, and are, are – pretty good bangers They're, they stay on their feet they stay engaged they don't you know you don't see them falling left and right all over the place but they will get hip to hip shoulder to shoulder and they're going to try to get they say you know the, the the popular way is to say get four hands on them for a double team um, they're going to get keister to keister and ham hock to ham hock and get on you and try to uproot you that's what this offensive line is going to try to do they're going to try to punch you in the mouth and then punch you again yeah and and they they've been able to do that at times. They've struggled at times. You know, maybe a little similar to to you know to what we say here in Pittsburgh. Certainly, um, they've got pedigree on that on that offensive line. Wolf, there, there's no doubt about that. Starting with the left tackle, Ikim Ekwanu. Is that Ikim? Is that how it is? Listen, I already know I, we're gonna have to go over this with you and Billy on okay, Sunday. Yeah, all right, don't yeah. don't 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 worry. <laughs> okay, good. Ikim Ekwanu. 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 <laughs> I gotta get it right. That's, he's that poor guy. He's a he's another one. Um, he's a rookie out of NC State. Uh, he's he's another one that we spent. I say we all that like on SNR. You know, right. uh, all of our combine shows and draft shows right. and everything. We spent a lot of time talking about this guy. Now he was the sixth overall pick, so we didn't think the Steelers would have a shot to get him at twenty. But last year was a pretty loaded left tackle draft class, if you'll remember. And so there was some thought of, hey, maybe one of these guys could, could drop. And so uh, he, was, he was somebody that, that we spent some time uh, discussing. He is talented. He's a big dude. I mean, 6'4", 320, uh, and he's getting better, Wolf. He, yes. he, he's, he's just a rookie. And, you know, as you expect from any rookie, no matter how high you're drafted, you're going to have your growing pains. You're going to have your ups and downs. Progression isn't always linear, you know, as, as we like to joke. Um but man, I think he he's got the goods to be you know one of those fifteen year All Pro type left tackles, um, and that's it's going to be a lot of fun I think to watch watch him and Alex Highsmith go at it the the Carolina boys there. Yeah, exactly. So you know, I was I read a great article about Alex Highsmith too. Yeah, um, was the, it Dale in the Lally Charlotte did, in the Charlotte Observer, or was it the one that Dale Lolly did? It was the one Dale Lolly did. Okay, because yeah. the Charlotte Observer just did a nice write up on his homecoming as well too. Oh, really? Yeah. Maybe, or maybe I read them both. Man, oh, man. You know. Maybe you did. Short-term hey. concussion syndrome. Well, it's this, also too, Wolf. Listen, I'll, I'll extend you an olive branch here. Okay? okay. At this point in the season, everything starts running together. 
But I know something I got to do right now because I had promised him. Because I got to tell you something. You go down to the south side, you know, the Steelers facility. You've oh. been there, West. You, you know. But they got some of the best cooker rating going. Those folks down there, they have a kitchen down uh, on in the south side that serves both the Steelers facility and the pit facility. Oh, yeah. And I got to tell you something. These guys are some of the best food artisans on the south side. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I'm talking about Kevin, Tom, Ty, Ann, Rose, oh. Chuck, Bob, Rico, Julia, Miss Joan. Oh, yeah. I mean, I this you go down there. They, I'm telling you, they make the best. They make soup better than the soup Nazi on Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm serious. No soup for you. No soup for you. Oh, but I'm telling you what, they make a cheeseburger soup, and they had lobster oh. bisque the other day. Oh. It was to die for. Wolf, you know, our our loyal listeners here are are uh, you know those who have been rocking with with the locker room and SNR right. over the years. They'll remember we used to do our shows down there on the south side. What like three times a week? I think it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, you and Tunch would be down there. I would yep. pr- I would produce you guys, and then and then Mozi and I would would do the show right after you guys from down there on the south side. So I got spoiled because I got. <laughs> yeah. For two years there, I had I had lunch at the Steelers cafeteria three times a week, and man, I miss it. I really do. It's one of the things I miss most about going down there all the time. I look forward to training camp because I get a little taste of of the Steelers cafeteria at training camp. Um, I look forward to like when we go down to the facility, you know, for the draft and events like that. Whenever whenever the uh, I get to partake with the Steelers chefs as well too, because. I am with you. Just nothing but outstanding. Just hit after hit after hit after five star meal after five star meal, and yeah, it's it's a joke that Moats. When we were down there all the time, Moats and I used to make this joke often, but it still it still rings true. There's only two things in life that are undefeated: Father Time and the chefs at the Steelers Southside <laughs> facility. <laughs> you know, and there's one more name we got to remember. Mo, dear Mo, passed away a little yes. bit ago. Uh, you know, and um, and he I was think just I've, a great guy. I don't know if I've told you before. I went to college with his son. I didn't know that. Yeah. No. Yep. His wow. son also named Mo. Uh, we went to WVU together. He's my buddy. He actually just moved to Philadelphia a few months ago. No kid. Uh, he was working for the city of Pittsburgh. Had a really good job with uh, the city of Pittsburgh, and just took one with it, like a, a nice promotion with the city of Philadelphia. Um, so I know his son. His son is doing well. I know he'd be proud of him. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, I'm glad you mentioned Mo. Great guy, great family. Exactly. So, so a tip of the hat to all these great people. Cause they, they are a dedicated crew of great folks who take care of all the foodular consumption of all the Southside facility personnel yes. and players. Absolutely. God, God bless them, Wolf. Yeah, I know. I love them all. You know what? It's a They're lot just better friendly, than the, good people. It's a lot better than the, uh, the hockey puck cheeseburgers from your days, right? <sighs> oh, you ain't kidding. You'd see them there the first week. And you might see him again in week 12. <laughs> the same burgers. Oh, no. Let's go to break, my good man. All right, tip of the cap to all the folks down on the south side doing the hard work day in, day out. We appreciate you. Mucho love to you and your family. Merry Christmas to all you guys. You guys are great. Let's go back. We'll be back after this because we're going to come back with more breaking down what's coming up. That would be the Carolina Panthers and that running game after this.
This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We play two run, run-centric teams with quarterback mobility. And so, you know, you play two teams like that, you're going to have somebody ringing up yards on you in the running game. If we played two teams that featured the passing game, you could be talking about six quarters of passing yards. And so I'm not desensitive to it, um, but I just understand it's just the nature of the top style of ball we've been playing of late. And we got another game that uh, could be very similar this week. And so it does have our attention. Well, because of the fact the Carolina Panthers will attack you with six or seven linemen or a combination of an extra lineman and more tight ends, it is what they refer to it down there as an Arby's rushing attack. Arby's? What? You kidding me? But they, Wait, they hold say, on, hold on. Explain yourself. Okay. The Arby's rushing attack is because there's so much meat on the so much beef out there. He said, we, you know, who's the guy that got the deep voice? He goes, we have the meats. Oh, Arby's. Uh, James, James Earl it? Jones. Yes, James Earl Jones. Yep. Can't do it like James Earl Jones. We have the meats. Yeah, you got to got you got to dig down. You got to go in low gear now. We have the meats. We have <laughs> the meats. But that's I mean, her, that's Darth Vader to you there, Mr. Yeah, that's Wolfram. true. That is. That is Darth Vader like. Well, it is Darth Vader because that's his voice, right? Correct. Correct the mundo. Correct the mundo. Yes. And I look at this and what do you, you, hold on, hold on. Oh, I, I got to make a, a joke real quick. Okay. What do you think he enjoyed voicing more, Darth Vader or those Arby's commercials? Oh, Arby's commercials, no doubt about it. <laughs> we have the meats. I love that. <laughs> you know, and I, it, it, if you ever have that, you go to the Arby's and get, oh, man. they. they got I a, like Arby's. I, I do. love them, too. I man, do. you get a great club sandwich hey, there, man. Hey, fun fact for you. You know, yeah. uh, you know what Arby's stands for? What's that? America's Roast Beef Youngstown. No. Arby's was started in Youngstown, Ohio. That's where they got the name. America's Roast Beef Youngstown. I swear when I lived in Get Youngstown. Town. When I lived in Youngstown for two years, I learned this. Are you are you pulling my leg I am or not, is that true? I swear I'm not pulling your leg. In the like the original Arby's, the first Arby's is still in Youngstown. It's been renovated and remodeled. It's not the same building or anything, but okay. it's on the same location. And like they they, it's a it's a good place to go and get a roast beef sandwich at that, yeah. at that original one. They, it's let's just say it's like going to the original Permanis down in the Strip District versus the other Permanis. The other Permanis are still good, but there's just something about that original one down in the Strip. I may have to make a visit there. Just America's roast s- beef Youngstown to be able to savor. That the original. I swear you know, to you, when there, I to when the I, mother, it was the mother load of roast beast. It was 2015 when I got the job with the hockey team in Youngstown and, and moved there, and and they all told me that like my first or second week there, and I was like, you got you're you're lying to me, you're pulling the wool over my eyes, right? You, you know, America's roast beef, Youngstown. That's that's where it got started. And what a sandwich too. I love you know when you get that horseradish. Oh, oh and the curly man. fries. Well, the horseradish though. First of all, when it shoots up the nostrils, you know, it makes you like go, you know, you Horsey. snort, man. Yeah, that's that's real horseradish, <laughs> man. <laughs> there, now you're talking, buddy. You know, you got. I love that in Buffalo. That's one of the the, the great uh, delicacies up there is uh, beef on beef whack. on whack. Oh. And you got that. 
that beef on weck that's been sitting in the crock pot like all night long. You got that that all juice, you know, that oh. juice you put on there, and then you hit it with some serious horseradish, and man, oh man, you get a rush of your Wolf, lifetime right I tell up to Schnazola. If you're talking regional foods, there's some great ones in this country. There really yes, is. no doubt. But the, the combination of a beef on weck sandwich with like, with you know, a handful of buffalo wings on the side is just oh, that's tough to beat. It's beautiful, you know. It really is. I, I got to tell you, I grew up. You know, the only thing I didn't like so much was the uh, Kimowek rolls, where the salt would be. You know, it it piles up on you. Sure, I'm not. Sure. I'm not a big. Salt I'm not a guy. huge salt person either. Right. Yeah, no doubt about it. But certainly, getting back to yeah, I forgot where we're at. Hey, what are we, what are we talking about here? Huh? You know, under under Steve Wilkes, he's really modified the offense to. Um, minimize whatever the court, you know, whatever quarterback he's got. I mean, let's think think about it. I mean, you've been through four quarterbacks have thrown passes for the Panthers. You know, I mean, it's just one of those situations where they decided, okay, we got the horses, we can run, so we're just going to hand off. And if we need to get bigger bodies in there to be able to just pound away to keep the the game close and then play action, it that's exactly what they want to do. I mean, you take a look at them. I look at them. Uh, the numbers, but Darnold, his passer rating with play action is 115.3. Yeah. It ain't anywhere near that uh, otherwise. You know, I mean, he, he really does a great job of, of play action passing. He'll do some misdirection. You got the bootleg, the reverse bootleg, things of that nature. Um, in, in each of their five wins, they have not passed over to, for 200 yards. It's all about the run game. This is this is as simple a blood sport as you're going to see coming up in in uh, Charlotte this this weekend, because mm-hmm. it's going to be about what happens in the trenches. You know, I often I joke and I laugh about that is where it's at, and it's the guys up front that that that, that count. But it is. This is a case where this is no joke, and in the the um, festivities are going to run from tackle to tackle or tight end to tight end or. Uh, the extra jumbo guy there, um, and four or five yards deep uh, on, on each side of the ball. That's where the action is going to be, and it's going to be a pound out. And that's where uh, Carolina is going to attack the Steelers, and the Steelers have got to have an answer for what they didn't have an answer last week. And I expect that because these guys are professionals. They got pride. You know, got a little bit of humbling, a little humble pride sure, last sure. week. And that will can be the thing that ignites the torch for this weekend. Get those mental RPMs up where they should be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. you. You got to find that spark somehow, right? Absolutely. And, and seemingly you had found it since, you know, since the since the post bye week. Last week can be a, a one off. Um, you know, there was a lot that transpired in that game against the Ravens, obviously, particularly losing Kenny Pickett so early on. That can throw any team, can throw any offense off. But you're right, Wolf. I mean, what's the split? How many times have we discussed this, right? What's the Steelers' record when they score first? What's the Steelers' record when they don't score first? The only team in the NFL with such split, right? Right. 5-0, um, 0-8. And, oh, and, and the only team in the NFL that, that has that ratio there that has won every game that they've scored first and lost every game that they have not scored first – um, there's real proof in that pudding. Um, they they need they need a fast start. That's just that's what they're predicated upon. That allows them to be patient on offense. That allows the defense to play with their ears pinned back a little bit more. And uh, and that's that's where this where this team can have success. No doubt about it. You know, you look at these guys and they're gonna they're gonna just jam everybody in there and they're gonna have a perimeter game where they they throw to the outside that sort of thing. Um, they don't go all that 
you know, downfield a whole lot. They're, 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 you know, checking it down and doing all those sorts of things. Um, I, I look at Sam Darnold, you know, he's just, he's, the last two games, he's gonna, they're going to stick with what gets them the win. And, you know, and they're, and, the, and they're second in the NFL and carries a game. Think about this. Almost they're averaging the last few games, uh, I think in their five wins, they're averaging like um, 40 rushes a game. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. That's yeah. just absolutely awesome. When you're a hog and you have the opportunity to line up and knock guys back over and over, I love that because the thing about it is it's all about a test of wills and who is going to be standing at the end of the game. And that's one of the beautiful things about football because it still tests the inner man and who can be left standing at the end. It's it's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. But we'll be back with more beautiful things. Real quick, things. hold on, oh, Wolf, real quick I'm before sorry? we go to No, you're good. Before we go to break. Listen, it's it's always good to know that people are listening to the show, right? Right. And we 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 love our listeners. We appreciate our listeners. And from time to time they have to correct us. Oh, yes. The Arby's commercials. Uh-huh. We're both wrong. What? So, thanks to Joe and to Brian who both tweeted me to let me know this. It is Ving Rames who voices oh, those Arby's James commercials, Earl not Jones? James oh, Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe tweeted me that. Brian said, I can't let you guys get away with something wrong about food. <laughs> For the sake of journalistic integrity, Listen, you Wolf, betcha. you and I are nothing if not a fact-based uh, radio show here. That's I tell right. you what. We bring the goods, buddy. <laughs> we have the meats. We have the meats, and we have the listeners to keep us on track. Thank you very much to our dear listeners who you know are, are hanging in there with us and Correct us from time to time. Attitude adjustment. And we'll be back with more after this. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.